Welcome to another episode of Scotland's Choice and indeed the Westminster Roundup. I'm joined once again by Brendan O'Hara, MP, SNP's Chief Whip at Westminster. Um, and we're, we're going to be reviewing uh, a bit of last week's business. We spoke at length last week in the podcast about what was going through and also look at, uh, ahead to what is actually going through uh, Parliament this week at Westminster and uh, indeed what's going through tonight. Uh, Brendan, first of all, last week we had the scandalous use of the S35 by the, or what's called the, if you remember, we are discussing what's called the Governor General Clause um, over the Scotland Act last week. Um, And we also had the EU retained uh, law bill uh, going through um, through Parliament as well. You're very heavily involved in that, as we discussed uh, last week. Uh, Rose Foyer from the STUC has pledged to uh, to work with SNP MPs. So there's a growing uh, appreciation from trade unionists and trade union groups that if they want workers' rights protected, then the SNP are going to be the voice that stands up for them. I think so. I think we, we saw over the summer and into the autumn the the desperate attempts by the Labour Party to to backslide on supporting uh, trade unions and their their absolutely justified campaign to try and get a decent working wage. Um, the, the 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 punishment meted out for Labour MPs who joined picket lines was incredible to see, uh, and I'm so pleased that uh, I did, I know you did, and so many of our colleagues said that. Well. The Labour Party aren't going to stand by workers. We're going to be seen to be standing by them. And that translates through into tonight. And we are at the forefront, along with every opposition party, of saying to the government that this uh, strikes, or they like to call it minimum service levels bill, is utterly, utterly repugnant and is the biggest attack on trade unions since since Thatcher. Well, bizarrely, this is a bill that even... Uh, Jacob Rees-Mogg was saying was badly put together and it doesn't really work properly. He's still going to vote for it. He's also said that he's going to go into the lobbies and vote for this. It's interesting you say that. How many times have we seen, and I think that this is something that our our listeners will be interested in, that the number of times that the government amend their own bills Mm. in committee is incredible because they come up with an idea, they don't think it through properly, they rush into doing it, they write it very, very badly, and then it gets through its second reading, and it's into committee stage, and it's bogged down in the government's own amendments, amending and repairing their awful well, legislation. Well, just for listeners on that point, is it correct that there was over 100 amendments put in for this? As, as I understand it, yeah. yes. The, the, the amendment sheet is colossal. <laughs> and even, even tonight, when uh, we're recording this as this uh, strikes... Uh, brackets minimum service level the anti-strike bill let's call it what it is is. the anti-strike bill bill. is going through uh, the committee stage of the commons um, tonight and uh, you know you you can see even tonight there's there's a number of votes that are going to be called Um, there haven't been enough amendments accepted in my view there should be more votes in it but it's going to be a number of votes tonight just reflecting how bad this legislation is yeah and and, um, as I said we are working with every opposition party mm-hmm. supporting everyone's amendments and they'll all be supporting our amendment mm-hmm. and in the sure and certain knowledge that they will all be beaten, the, the, the government will whip through their majority and they will be beaten. But we are working mm-hmm. to highlight the deficiencies in this dreadful piece of legislation. And 
when it gets to committee, we will also be voting against it being given a third reading. But the bottom line is, unless there is a, an incredible <laughs> turnaround, which, which no, is not going to happen. It's not going to happen. This is going to pass. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the, 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 those rights, again, which we talked about last week, that we've all mm -hmm. accepted as being mm -hmm. you know, citizens of the European Union, those rights that we all enjoyed mm -hmm. and never believed would ever be under threat mm -hmm. are being eroded day mm -hmm. by day by this mob. And this is um, this is a particularly important. I mean, last in the last podcast we were talking about the uh, the, the the attempt really to reintroduce direct rule by uh, Westminster. So this is another thing that just rides a coach and horses over what's happening in Scotland because this is of course UK legislation. Um, it's going to impact on uh, rights in Scotland. We'll hear from Alison Thewlis in just a second there about, you know, the implications. We, we, we'll be talking about the implications on, uh, you know, for example, the railways with Network Rail, etc., and, and a lot more there. But the, but the, the fact is that there's just another way of uh, imposing decisions made here at Westminster on, you know, on a Scottish public who just would not vote for this. Absolutely. I mean, I mean this bill, this anti-strike bill would grant powers to Westminster mm -hmm. to impose minimum service levels on transport operators and trade unions in Scotland, mm -hmm. in an area which is wholly mm -hmm. devolved. Transport is wholly devolved. Mm -hmm. But again, this would be a blanket Truro to Thurzle, one size mm -hmm. fits all, and you like it or lump it. And, and it's a reaction to strikes because people are striking because they families are finding it hard to put food on the table, they're finding it hard to heat their home, they're finding it hard to pay the rent or pay the mortgage and this is just a, a kind of draconian way of stopping yeah. you know, stopping living up to the responsibility of actually you know, put it, making the system so that people actually get a, a wage that they can, they can Absolutely. And, live and on. I think it's worth making the point as well yeah. that those charlatans who stood and applauded the, the, the nurses mm -hmm. and the health service Indeed. professionals throughout the COVID pandemic, no. and rightly so. Those same charlatans are now saying, well, if you don't do this, we'll, put the, we'll give them the right to sack you. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and, and loyalty. Well, and at the same time, yeah, whilst we're they're talking about being reasonable about wages and all the rest of it, there's still this ongoing issue with um, people getting away with not paying their tax. Your companies, uh, indeed individuals, people having to be uh, caught for government ministers, no less, having to be caught red-handed, uh, not paying their millions of pounds that they're due in tax bills. Yeah. I mean, if anybody, if anybody had any lingering doubt, just how bad these that this government is, and how utterly awful some of the individuals involved in it are, then the events of this weekend surely, surely, once and for all, must have confirmed that they are utterly appalling. We have never seen, mm. I don't think we have ever seen anything like this. There is a, a perception uh, in, in the country, and I think it's probably not a million miles from the truth, that this government and the people in it are out to feather their nest mm. at the expense of the, the general public. And, and my hope that you, you're saying about shining a, line on, a light on this, and you know, people waking up to the fact that all oh, this is happening under this watch at Westminster just now. But my hope is that they look a wee bit deeper and see actually what Westminster and the system is like, because this is uh, you know not just a particular Tory problem. We've seen with the House of Lords, for example, you know, people being um, given jobs in the House of Lords, unelected lords being put in place for being party donors for the 
Liberal Democrats, for the Labour Party, um, as well as the Tories. The Tories have been particularly bad on it, but um, but they're not the only ones. And, you know, there's some pretty uh, hairy examples for those other parties I mentioned to live up to as well. Yeah, I mean, the system stinks. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, there's no point in trying to be any more polite about it. The system stinks. It's irrevitably broken. And no tinkering at the edges mm -hmm. is going to make this right. It's a system which is so ingrained and it's, in, and it's, it's encouraged from the very top of government. And that's why people are getting away with the, the things they are currently getting away with and why only in the most exceptional of circumstances when public pressure gets to such a degree are they forced to step down. And if you look at some of the uh, resignation letters, not a hint of contrition. There's <laughs> not a hint that says, well, yeah, I, I, I did wrong here. It was, I've done nothing wrong. It's all your fault. Well, before we go on, let's hear from Alison Thewlis and then we'll come back to this. Alison Thewlis, Member of Parliament for Glasgow Central. Alison, we're here in a, a big week for Parliament. Tonight we've got the the so-called anti-strike legislation that's going through the Parliament. I say so-called, it is, mm, is anti-strike yes. legislation. Um, you're pretty damning stuff. What, what are your thoughts on the way this has been handled by the UK government? Yeah, and this is an appalling piece of legislation, completely undermining workers' rights to withdraw their labour. And I've had so many emails from constituents right across different trade unions, and I think mm -hmm. I suspect people who aren't in trade unions at all, but who mm -hmm. respect that right that workers mm -hmm. have. And the UK government's just riding roughshod over those rights. And and in doing so, I mean, it, it seems to me that what they're trying to do is punish workers who are looking for, you know, a cost of living increase in, in their wage, um, sometimes less than that. Um, you know, when we're in a situation where the UK government's actually caused a lot of that problem, you look at Brexit, particularly food price inflation, that's boosted that up. It, it just seems that they're treating people with, with contempt here. They absolutely are. And as you say, Brexit has contributed so much to this cost of living crisis that is running higher here than other places. And there is a Brexit element to that. Um, there are workers across Europe, it's true, that are that are also striking, but the response from the government here really is appalling. Mm -hmm. um, and to, it really is sledgehammer tactics mm -hmm. to trade union rights. And, and you know, I, you hear them talking about, you know, minimum levels of service and so forth they're putting in, but these are draconian uh, conditions that are in, allowing people to be targeted, individual employees, you know, trade union uh, activists and even officials, being targeted under this legislation, it's uh, it's quite uh, sinister, isn't it? It really is, and I think you know nobody takes that decision to strike lightly. Mm -hmm. You know, and mm -hmm. for services, they're almost always, in every case I'm aware of, has a minimum service level agreed anyway mm -hmm. for safety, for for people in the NHS, for for other services. That minimum level exists, um, and there is no reason to, to bring in the draconian measures that they're bringing in now because it really does make it all the more difficult for mm -hmm. people to strike. It will put, it, it is a, a chilling effect that they're trying to have mm -hmm. on this. They're trying to put people off um, taking strike action and to bring it in in industries that really don't really... Mm -hmm. A minimum service level isn't really relevant mm -hmm. to as well for safety. Mm -hmm. um, teaching staff, for example, what's a minimum safety level look like mm -hmm. for, for education? Nobody well, can tell us. Well, you're talking about education. That's a glaring example there of a, 
you know, minimum service conundrum. But, you know, take the railways, for example, and say there must be a minimum service. Does that mean that if there's a minimum service, then 100% of the signal workers need to be on uh, duty? They have to break the, the strike yeah. uh, in order to make sure that... Uh, minimum service, whatever it is going to be, is yeah. actually carried out. Absolutely. And when there were very small numbers of trains uh, running in Scotland during the, the recent rail strikes, it was minimised because there was some signalers and you couldn't have the trains going up to, up to Inverness or to Aberdeen or to other yeah. places mm-hmm. and a very small number running in the central belt. But yes, if you were to have that minimum safety level, that would imply mm-hmm. that it could be possible that um, none of the signalling staff would be able to strike ever, which again is, is completely ludicrous. And, and it affects, so you're even sticking with railways, um, it affects Scotland directly because, you know, people might not be aware that uh, Network Rail isn't devolved to the Scottish Government. It's a UK uh, entity under the control of the Westminster Government. And it's uh, it, so if, the, if there are problems here with that, and indeed Im- implications for the workers on that, they affect people in Scotland too. Yes, of course. And if... This is UK-wide legislation. It will have implications in Scotland as well, which is particularly uh, frustrating in that uh, we asked, the SMP asked for devolution of employment law under the Smith Commission and Labour blocked that as well. Labour Labour blocked that. Labour blocked that. So we are now having draconian anti-trade union bills brought in, decimating workers' rights, abusing the the whole system and Mm. the level of trust that employers and employees have there. Mm. Um, And, you know, frustratingly, that was blocked by Labour and the Smith Commission. I I think it's worth underlining they were particularly active in blocking that devolving of employment law. And it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's something we we cast up, obviously, because it's, you know, I think it's an important deficit that they've had. But, but, you know, they could have changed the narrative on that and they've chosen not to. Yeah, they could have done. And it would have given us that important protection. Mm -hmm. If you think about the way in which the social security system has Mm -hmm. the Scottish child payment, and that's made a difference there because Mm -hmm. we had that devolution, because we could Mm -hmm. use those powers that we got. Mm -hmm. But in employment law, we don't have that protection. Mm -hmm. The Scottish government has done a whole load of things around the fair work agenda. We've got the highest rate of payment of the, 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 the real living wage, a real living wage that people can live on. We've got better trade union relations, but we don't have devolution of employment law. And then you see this ridiculous legislation coming along with the Tories now, and we are powerless mm-hmm. to stop it because those powers do not well, exist. We'll be voting against this, obviously, as Westminster MPs uh, tonight, you know, as, and as vociferously as we possibly can be. This will go to the House of Lords and it will come back. We already know that, you know, the Tories, whether they agree with it or not, are going to just toe the line and, and vote for this. It really does show up Westminster uh, for the waste of space it is for Scotland. And worse than that, for the uh, detriment it actually causes to Scottish social life, doesn't it? Absolutely. And it's very difficult, particularly in circumstances where you can see the UK government at the stroke of a pen overruling the Scottish Parliament, Mm -hmm. but we have no power to object to legislation Mm -hmm. uh, that stands against everything that we want to do in Scotland for workers' Mm -hmm. rights. And this is just one more step. I mean, it's pretty clear that the Tories uh, are trying to kind of move us towards kind of direct rule again, you know, they, they hate the Scottish Parliament. They've always made a made that pretty clear, you know, that in the way that they're taking these forward. Do you think people consider what it would be like if all of the legislation in Scotland was put forward by Westminster, particularly at the moment, and it would happen again by this Tory government, all the things that, you know, they bring in, like the rape clause which you've been fighting mm-hmm. uh, since it came out, but we would lose things like the Scottish child payment, wouldn't we? Yeah, absolutely. All those all those things that we try to do differently, mm-hmm. different in attitude, different in policy, policy different in legislation, um, all of those are, are precious and important mm-hmm. things. 
and if Westminster has the power to, to overrule them as it yeah. has given itself yeah. uh, under the legislation. And people in Scotland be yeah. paying bedroom tax as absolutely. well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Alison, thank you very much. Thanks for That was Alison Thewlis there just uh, talking about the uh, the strikes minimum service, the uh, anti-strike bill that's uh, going through Parliament tonight. And uh, you're again making the point that uh, when it came to the uh, devolution of employment law, uh, of course, the people that, um, that said that Scotland couldn't have that power were the Labour Party. Well, absolutely. <laughs> they were the absolutely. active in, uh, in standing against yeah. it. And you know what? I mean, you would think, you know, that you would, if you get something wrong, mm. and everyone makes mistakes, and mm -hmm. you know, if the Labour Party genuinely believed that workers' rights were better protected at Westminster than they would be at the Scottish Parliament, then okay, that's that's their call to have made. But how can you possibly make that call now? Mm. How can you possibly look at what these people are doing to working people, not just in Scotland but across the UK, and say, well, we still think it's best that these people take charge of, of, of workers' rights. It, it's it's bewildering. I mean, the, the intellectual gymnastics you have to perform to get to that position. Not the only um, gymnastics that are being formed, formed just now by the Labour Party, as we've seen over Brexit and a number of oh. other things. It, it, this week, though, you, you know, we're, we're talking about the Westminster Roundup here. So this week we've got, a, obviously, there's a set piece of uh, Prime Minister's questions, which we'll talk about in a second. What else is, uh, is facing us here at Westminster to deal well, with? Interesting that, um, and again, relates back to, to Stephen's question on non-DOMS at PMQs last week uh, that the Labour Party and their opposition day debate tomorrow one of their debates is on the status of non-DOMS um, the, the, the motion's probably not as hard-hitting as perhaps we'd have thought it A little be. less meat in the bone than we would have A liked A little yeah. less meat in the bone than we have liked but still um, I'm absolutely certain. Or if you're vegan, a few less nuts in the uh, yeah, in the casserole. A few less <laughs> lettuce leaves in the head. Um, but I think you know that they can. I think we can expect that Stuart Hosey, mm. who's going to be leading for us tomorrow, mm. he mm. certainly won't miss and, and, and hit mm. the wall when mm. talking about non-doms. And uh, should mm. be an, mm -hmm. should be an interesting debate. Mm -hmm. And again, it brings us back to what we were uh, talking about earlier, which is the fact that there's so much money. Um, that seems to go missing. The uh, uh, that isn't paid in tax. That's uh, not collected. And and indeed, you know, again, if people want to refer back to last week's prime minister's questions, you'll see uh, Stephen Flynn um, asking that very question of Rishi Sunak um, in a in a fantastic uh, response to what had been going on in terms of the sleaze there. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, and it's not just one of two individuals that we're talking about here. You know, this is just a widely abused mm -hmm. uh, status that they go for. And uh, so last year, I think it was uh, the LSE said that £3.2 billion would be raised if non-DOM status was scrapped. Mm -hmm. So you're in the middle of a cost of living crisis when you know, everything, the cost of everything is going mm -hmm. through the roof. Your mortgage rate is going up. You don't know if you're going to pay a fuel bill in the next month. But the richest people, mm. the richest, tiniest handful of people in in the in the UK are allowed to dodge tax to the extent 
of 3.2 and, million and pounds. A, and a not inconsiderate number of them have managed to get uh, contracts from the uh, from the government as well. That's taxpayers' money, ultimately. Oh, Scot Scottish people's money um, that's going to uh, uh, to pay for that. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it, you really ask yourself, how, in all conscience, in, in, in a country like the UK, which is one of the, the highest income quality levels anywhere, you know, that this special status mm -hmm. is given for the tax of the, the wealthiest people well, as yeah. I say, ordinary folk and it, these massive increases. And we pointed this out in previous episodes, but the level of inequality in the UK is just absolutely shocking. When when you do that comparison with uh, other nations, and especially when you drill that down to other independent countries that are similar in size or even smaller than Scotland, how they're far more equal and uh, manage to treat people in a far better way than the, the UK setup we've got. Oh, absolutely. I, mean, I read somewhere recently that... Uh, the, the, the UK now has almost 200 billionaires, or something like 180 billionaires. Billionaires. And their combined wealth is in excess of £600 billion. Pounds. Mm. It's just... And people are struggling to put food on the table and eat and, their homes. And, and yeah, mm. you, you get celebrities turning up at food banks yeah. and we're meant to be grateful for it. Yeah. Incredible stuff. And so, uh, what, what are you you're thinking for Prime Minister's question? Obviously, we, we don't decide that, it's something we else. Don't but, decide it. but what are you thinking will be, probably be the big issues uh, for um, for Prime Minister's questions this week? Well, it'll be interesting. I mean, I think what, what Stephen does very well is he keeps you on your toes mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, for listeners, we don't know what he's going to. No, what he's no, I mean, going to stand I would up. I expect on that. Wednesday morning he'll mm. he'll appear in my office about an hour before and say, "What do you think of this?" <laughs> and I'll go, "That's exceptionally good." <laughs> because it inevitably <laughs> it is. Yeah, is. Yeah, yes. um, so, so I mean, I, I don't know. He, he, he's difficult to guess, but I, I would be surprised if the the latest crisis engulfing the Conservative Party and their lack of a, a chairman mm. now mm. Uh, doesn't feature, given that he, he used uh, uh, last week's question to, to, to highlight that. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I think that's only a guess, mm -hmm. but I think he will just continue mm -hmm. to highlight what the, the Conservative Party are doing to the, to the UK and mm -hmm. the people of the UK. Mm -hmm. um, because the way they're going at the moment, it's a free hit. Well, I, I, I suspect you're right in terms of the theme. I suspect neither of us will get it right in terms of it getting the actual question. Yes. But, um, but because that's the uh, the nature of uh, things here. And of course, we've still got in Westminster a couple of days can be a lifetime in terms of new uh, new scandals emerging, as we've seen, yes. uh, you know, recently with uh, with that. So you know, we've we've got. Um, quite a lot on our plate this week. The, the, we mentioned the anti-strike legislation that's going through just now. Just another uh, horrendous piece of legislation here at Westminster, and we've seen a few of them. Um, we've also talked about a debate on non-DOMs and the, the, the ongoing tax uh, evasion mm -hmm. and um, avoidance that goes on, the, the problems they've got in terms of, you know, just not making people who should be paying pay as opposed to people that uh, uh, yeah. should be being looked after or not get look, looked after because of that as well, or at least partly because of that as well. So there's a lot on uh, for Westminster. 
then it all starts again next week. So um, I'm looking forward to catching up with you when we'll have um, we'll be joined by a another or maybe a few other MPs here just to talk about um, what's happening with the Westminster Group as we do our uh, job here in Westminster. So um, thanks for listening to this episode of Westminster Roundup and Scotland's Choice. You can find more episodes of Scotland's Choice at scotlandschoice.scot. I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thank you.